Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast, hosted by the always smart-assed and brutally honest Shorky Sisters. Ripping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, two-time winning fitness champion, certified personal trainer, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, author of Jacked on the Beanstalk, plant-based fuel for vegan athletes, and has an ass that's out of this world. Along for the ride is Sarah, her sister, a stay-at-home mom who drives a minivan, makes a mean fudge brownie, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and without regret, to unlock and share the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit, to boldly go where two very different but genetically similar minds probably shouldn't go. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and come along for the ride. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think Dracula was in Friday the 13th. <laughs> Maybe we should have got you a goalie mask to wear for this episode. Although I suppose nobody would be able to see it. Although, I guess the hockey mask would muffle that high-pitched hyena voice of yours. <laughs> well, this episode is off to a really strange yeah. and awkward start. But in case anyone is wondering why that is and why I started off with my best Dracula impression <laughs> or why we are sounding as though this is a special Halloween episode. It's August. But we are kicking off our 13th episode <laughs> with the music from Friday the 13th for all you Jason fans out there. Not really sure why I brought Dracula into the mix. Me neither. Fun fact, if I ever get married, I've always said that I'm going to have a vampire zombie themed wedding. I would really love for my future husband to be dressed as Dracula, and I always say that dad is going to walk me down the aisle as Frankenstein with the bolts in his neck and his arms straight out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure dad is really looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. He's probably hoping you'll end up a lonely old spinster. <laughs> Although that information is probably useful to any male suitors out there. Yeah, if anybody else is into vampires or zombies and you're hot-jacked vegan dude all you have to do is send me a, a sexy photo with a little widow's peak drawn on and i will be yours <laughs> yeah so today's episode has absolutely nothing to do with vampires or my love life well the topic idea of today's episode did come to us from one of our facebook followers you asked we delivered Last week, I did a little contest Free shit. via my Jacked on the Beanstalk Facebook page, asking everybody for podcast episode topics and ideas. So first, I want to say congrats to the winner, Anne Keenan Ford, for her suggestion on a topic um, that was trusting your own wisdom and how to know when to listen to your body and when to follow a meal plan that perhaps I or another coach has created. 
created for you. And I really like that idea because often I think we don't listen to our bodies enough and I'm all about finding balance between somewhat structured eating paired up with always trusting your own wisdom. So we will definitely cover that topic on an upcoming podcast episode. So congrats, Anne. Uh, You won yourself a pair of Jacked on the Beanstalk leggings. Woo! And I also wanted to mention that we were absolutely blown away by just how many show suggestions we received. So thank you. Yeah, thank you everyone for lessening our workload. Thanks to all (laughs) the wonderful suggestions. We were able to cut through the whole brainstorming. Because we're actually talking about the shit you want to hear about rather than the shit we want to talk about. (laughs) I.e. pooping. (laughs) No, actually, that was the client's suggestion. So that that wasn't all us. Yes, Andrea, we hope you enjoyed last week's episode on pooping because we've definitely heard a lot of people say how grossed out they were. We've had some mixed reviews. So some people have loved it and some people not so much. Although we did disgusting. get we did get a lot more subscribers after that one, I noticed. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so you're all closet shit lovers. Yeah, apparently. It's a thing. Everybody's <laughs> into something. Everybody poops. I have written all of these amazing episode ideas down into my little podcast notebook that I carry around with me. So thank you again, everybody. We're super excited to record on as many of those topics as possible. Uh, A couple people suggested a show about goal setting. And I was excited to do this one right away because it's actually a topic that I address often with my clients and even more so when I speak at Expo. So I knew it was a topic that I am very well versed on and uh, I think I can claim to be somewhat of an expert on seeing as I've accomplished a lot of the goals that I set out to do, one of them being this podcast. I'm really excited to delve right into it today and thank you to both Jen Lee and Michelle for the suggestion on goal setting. So how about you, Sarah? Are you a goal setter? You bet your bulbous little ass, Sammy. (laughs) If a to-do list counts as goals, then I'm the Hemingway of to-do lists, but maybe I'm just a to-doer. Yeah, I don't think they're really the same thing, though. If you ask me, I would say a goal is more of an intention. It doesn't necessarily have a time schedule. It's kind of whatever you want to be and usually serves as some kind of purpose in your life. And for most of us, I would say that we hope that by fulfilling that goal we've set out to accomplish, we'll feel like we've added a piece to our personal life puzzle, if you will. And accomplishing that goal is what makes us feel whole and more complete with your life. Whereas a to-do list is more of a way to help keep your life running more smoothly. So I too am a big fan of to-do lists, but I also think that they can be kind of stressful, especially when you're super busy and you're constantly staring at that daily to-do list. I always find that when you're carrying over whatever tasks didn't get done the day before, then by the time I finish like a week's worth of carryovers, I end up with an even bigger, overwhelming to-do list and it just seems never ending. I feel like that causes me even more stress than tackling each day however I choose to. You know what I mean? You sound like 
like Tony Robbins. He, too, believes one should ditch the to-do lists. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, as you already know, I do love me some Tony Robbins, and am I the only one that thinks he's super sexy as well? (laughs) I think it's the banana hands. Large hands that match his large, sexy body. Well, it's from that Jack Black movie, Shallow Howl, I think. Tony Robbins has uh, a cameo in it, and his hands are so huge, it's like he has a bunch of bananas attached to each of his wrists. Jack Black's character is... I think they're in an elevator, and he Jack Black's character is in awe of his massive hands okay. and calls him banana hands. Yeah, why is Tony against to-do lists? Do you remember? Yeah, well, according to Tony, the problem with to-do lists is that by focusing on what you need to get done doesn't actually mean you're making any real progress. They they keep you busy, but and you may get a sense of satisfaction from checking off items on your list, but even when you've crossed everything off, a lot of people still feel like they haven't really accomplished anything. Tony says there's a big difference between movement and achievement. Ooh, yes, Tony. Mmm, yes. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway... Well, Sam's wiping the drool from her mouth. (laughs) I was going to say that I agree with the points you made, as well as Tony. Mm -hmm. But first off, I think we're both to the extreme on either end. Like, I'm a giant nerd who thrives on organization, and you are the queen of farting around. While you have more ambition than I could ever hope for, you also have an incredible talent to waste time. Shh. The clients are listening. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I hired you. You you helped me organized and I'm the brains behind everything here. This whole operation is all me and you you're the glue that holds it together, Sarah. I like that you said you're the brains like I'm a moron. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I do I do agree with the to-do list can turn into novels which yeah, leads to stress, but mm. For starters, my brain is shit, and it would be humanly impossible for me to remember the endless things I'd like to or need to do, so I I have to have a list. And to keep my sanity at healthy levels, I started, and you'll be happy to know, Sammy, that I attribute this to the Passion Planner, which is Mm. the goal-oriented day planner that Sam got us. I've talked about on the Minimalism episode number three. Oh, that's right. Highly recommend the Passion Planner for anybody who does have goals and to-do lists. Everything all in one place. It really is good. But I think think sort of being forced uh, to use this, I've sort of come to realize that by jotting down like three or four tasks for the day and they can be anything from like make dentist appointment to organize that godforsaken box of crumpled up receipts of yours <laughs> just by having a few tasks makes it doable and you still get that satisfaction of crossing things off and a daily feeling of accomplishment yeah and i totally get that i would say I probably go in spurts of being on board with to-do lists. And I also think it's kind of funny how we put up that giant whiteboard above my desk that we're staring at right now. (laughs) We got this whiteboard hoping that it would help me stay more organized and cross off more items on my ever-growing to-do list. But I try, gosh darn it, I try. (laughs) But instead, I basically just use it to post all of my little hippie mantras and my quotes that 
I come across via the Passion Planner or otherwise to assist in my midlife crisis, a.k.a. what I like to call my spiritual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Banana Hands would tell you that those motivating hippy-dippy mantras are just as important as scheduling your day-to-day tasks. Yeah, and while we're on the topic of my personal mantras, I actually used to be huge into goal setting and more specifically body goals, which I know is a big one for many of our listeners. And as everybody probably already knows who is listening, I competed in fitness competitions for many years. And don't get me wrong, I feel super blessed and privileged to have accomplished every single one of my fitness competition goals and body goals. Having won first place in my first ever show and then winning my pro card one year later um, when I was with the Plant Build team. And then, of course, having one of my clients win the Bodybuilding.com challenge in 2015. But now I like to think of myself as the mindful meathead. And I'm just, I'm so much more about inner peace rather than outer perfection. And so since I've kind of adopted this new lifestyle and, and way of thinking, I'm actually really strongly against anybody having any kind of strict set body goals. And I say this because all of us are so bad for always seeing ourselves as this constant self-improvement project. I'm so much more about inner self-discovery rather than self-improvement when it comes to your physique. And I just think that we set such high standards for ourselves and we want these body goals to push us forward in life because we don't often think that we're good enough just the way that we are right now. And I get that. But I think we hang on to these body goals, hoping that once we achieve them, then we'll finally be happy and confident. And I know I say this all the time to my clients, but we have to learn that we are worthy and we are whole and we're deserving of happiness just the way that we are again right now, not once we achieve that dream body or perfect body. And sometimes we just need to wake the F up, guys, and we need to realize that we're not even chasing after a first place $5 plastic trophy at a physique competition, but what we're actually chasing is the feeling that we think we are going to get after we win that trophy. And I'm sure Banana Hands would agree (laughs) with me on this one, is that we can generate that same feeling simply by changing our thoughts. And I know it sounds lame and cheesy, and I say this all the time, but it's so true that the external things truly become a reflection of our internal experience. And sometimes we just need to realize that happiness is already inside of us. And rather than being attached to winning some bikini competition or sculpting the ass of our dreams or having a six pack, instead we need to focus on what we can learn. Keyword, learn. And that is the healthiest way that we can evolve. That is honestly how we end up actually accomplishing that body that we want and like. 
Yeah, I think you definitely uh, give this pep talk to many clients. Mm -hmm. And uh, your all-time fave is Mind Right and the Body Will Follow. Yes, exactly. Definitely one of my faves. Um, In fact, I usually include that on every single set of client plans that I send. I mean, don't get me wrong. Having goals, it's not a bad thing. Having goals, I always say as well, it's what makes us psychologically healthy and it, it does help move us forward in life. The problem is that we start a show prep or we get on this strict diet and exercise program because we think we're fat, we think we're out of shape and we think that we need this goal in order to fix the current state that we're in. And so when we have this mentality, we're setting ourselves to be unhappy and miserable and we get stuck in that old, really damaging, I'll be better when mentality. But the problem is there's never an ending to the when especially because the focus is always negative. And so I'm always telling people, and I'll I'll always reference the story um, in presentations that I give or, or to my clients, but literally, I can remember so clearly the day that I won my pro card, I was looking in the mirror that morning, and I remember thinking, I'm not lean enough. I'm not defined enough. And then, yeah, fine. After I won and beat out everybody else, I remember thinking that day, yeah, I am the greatest. I'm the best. I'm hot, whatever. Literally, for a day. And then I went out that night to celebrate and I had some drinks. Um, And then the next morning I ate a greasy breakfast. And then I actually had uh, a photo shoot for Vegan Health and Fitness magazine later on that day. And I remember the whole time thinking, oh God, oh crap, why did I drink all that booze? Why did I eat all those greasy home fries? I've lost my competition body. I'm going to look fat and bloated in these photos. Okay, this was a day later. And, And it's literally physically impossible to even gain enough weight in that short period of time. I did another photo shoot a couple weeks after that one. And even worse that time, I remember thinking, oh, I'm so fat. I'm so bloated. Why am I even taking pictures right now? I'm not competition lean. What is ridiculous is that I now look back at both of those shoots and the photos that that I got out of them. And and I just think like, wow, what the hell was I thinking? Like, I look amazing in both of these. And again, the problem was that I was chasing a feeling of confidence and worthiness. And I too thought that, oh, if I can obtain this perfect body, I would be happy and I would exude confidence and life would be perfect. But guess what, guys? Nothing changed. Nothing. And yes, sure, I've had a lot of cool things happen to me in my competing career doing the fitness modeling thing and representing the vegans and whatnot. But you know what? None of it made me love myself anymore. You know what did make me love myself, however, and I'm still not fully recovered. I fully admit, you know, it's something that we always are our own hardest critic, right? But I stopped attaching myself to my physical appearance so damn much because I realized that my body is not who I am. And so I stopped using it to define myself. And instead, 
I focused on my passions and helping others like I do through my coaching and through this podcast and my blog posts. And something I still do and I promote all the time is positive self-talk. So every day... Instead of listing all of the goals I had or the to-dos I needed to cross off, I would just ask myself, how do I want to feel today? And then I would answer that question with some daily intentions. For example, would be, today, I will honor my body with healthy and nurturing thoughts and foods. Or another one, I will love and accept my body exactly as it is today right in this moment. And you know what? It might not be true. You might not actually think that. But when you repeat those things over and over and over, you really do change your thought patterns. I will be kind and gentle to myself all day long today. Or I need to give up the thought that I'm a failure when it comes to dieting. Or I need to give up the thought that I need to lose two pounds by the end of the week. There's all kinds of good ones. Maybe in the show notes, I will include um, a good list of ones that you too can print off and and paste somewhere on your giant whiteboard. Um, But there's lots of good ones out there. But I'm telling you, repeating these thoughts over and over and over, they do eventually crowd out the negative ones. I think Tony Robbins' giant heart may have just skipped a beat within his massive manly chest. <laughs> there might even be a, a tear running down his perfectly chiseled cheekbone. Yes, he does have such a chiseled, angular face. And yeah, does anybody listening have any ties to Tony? Um, <laughs> or does anybody know if he's happy in his marriage? Um, I realize this sounds cheesy and lame, uh, and I'm pretty sure Sarah is rolling her eyes right now, but I don't want to get off on this tangent because I'm, I'm just so sick of repeating these same things to everybody all the time. But we are such a product of our own imagination, guys. And it, it's our thoughts that create our world and our happiness. And, you know, the most kind and loving world and brain that we can have and live in tomorrow is based on what we think and imagine today. So we really need to replace all those negative, I'm fat, I suck, thoughts with, I'm learning. I'm trying my best. And I guess what I'm trying to say, rather than setting goals based on specific targets, like, I need to lose 20 pounds by my wedding in 12 weeks, Why can't we set goals based on what we want to learn? So by that, I mean, I want to learn how to be more motivated to hit the gym four times a week. Or I want to learn how to schedule my week better so that I can set aside time every week to grocery shop or prep healthy food or bring food with me to work every day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know where I'm going with this. Essentially, it's just more about having high intentions and high involvement with your goal setting, but low attachment to the actual outcome of that goal. Does that make sense? I like that uh, the high intention and involvement, but low attachment. I, I always feel like my favorite clients 
have always been the ones who who come to you looking for real help. You know, they they just want to learn better habits and how to be healthy. They they want to fuel their body and make it stronger. I mean, don't get me wrong. They'd like to lose some weight or add some curves to their frame. But it's really about the journey. It's a lifestyle change. They're not looking for for a quick fix. They're looking for the path, the path to optimal health and wellness, right? Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> just just maybe not as cheesy. Something else I really wanted to touch on is how crucial it is that we know our why and meaning behind the goals we're setting. And I'm not talking about shallow or superficial meaning reasons either. Um, Actually, I once read a really good post by Mark Manson. If anybody is familiar with him, he's the guy that wrote um, awesome book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. The post was called, I'll include a link to this in the show notes for this episode. It's actually called, The Meaning of Life is a Ham Sandwich. Oh, the irony. (laughs) I'm about to read a part from The Meaning of Life is a Ham Sandwich on our vegan podcast. Sorry, guys, not exactly a vegan-friendly title, um, but it's got some good bones to it. Mm, Another good one. (laughs) Yeah, what am I saying today? In Mark Manson's post about the meaning of life, he has a really cool part about setting goals, and more importantly, the trap of setting goals. A lot of people find meaning through setting goals for themselves. They want the corner office, the big car, the fancy pants shoes. It gives them a reason to wake up in the morning, a reason to bust their ass to work. It gives them something that makes them feel important and something to look forward to every day. But goals are a double-edged sword. You have to be careful. Goals are good tools for building motivation. The problem is that by themselves, they are arbitrary and empty. Unless there's a why behind the goal full of meaning, the goal itself will provide little long-term happiness or satisfaction. Ever see star athletes flounder after retirement? Or a guy who finally made his millions become deeply miserable because he doesn't know what else to do with his life? Goals are dangerous because the meaning they provide when you're working towards them is the meaning that is taken away once you achieve them. This is why all the superficial stuff like make a billion dollars or own a Rolls Royce or get your face plastered on the cover of a magazine all lead to a type of happiness that is shallow and short-lived because the meaning is shallow and short-lived. There has to be a deeper reason for your goals. Otherwise, the goals themselves will be empty and worthless in the long run. Damn, that's some good shit. I know, right? So, I guess the big takeaway from this episode is to create daily habits, not restrictions, that work for you and your life. And that means putting your focus on gaining rather than losing. And by that, I mean gaining strength, 
gaining health, gaining inner peace rather than losing pounds or losing inches. And that means adding positive behaviors into your life and healthy foods rather than banishing unhealthy foods and bad habits forever. So an example would be, why don't you add some more veggies to your meals? Or why don't you add in a weekly yoga class or an extra gym session to your weekly workout routine? And I'm telling you guys, when you have that way of thinking and you go about it with that type of behavior, the positive behaviors eventually do crowd out the negative ones and the positive thoughts do eventually crowd out the negative ones. And I know this stuff takes time. I know it is a huge undertaking because your body and your mind have been used to being, you know, ripped apart and torn to shreds. But I swear it does work over time. And of course, we even made a podcast where we talk about creating healthy daily habits. Try this, the daily intentions every day. So while you're making your lemon water or coffee in the morning, spend a few seconds to ask yourself, how do I want to feel today? And how am I going to get there? Or what thought or behavior do I need to give up in order to achieve that feeling? Write it on your whiteboard. How do I want to feel today? How am I going to get there? And what do I need to give up in order to achieve it? And then let us know how that works out for you. And again, in regards to goal setting, you're allowed to have goals. I'm, again, not trying to say that that you can't have goals. Just make sure, again, that you're pursuing them with high involvement, high intention, but low attachment to the outcome. Do not attach your worthiness, your mood, or your state of mind to that outcome. And as Mark Manson says, notice that it's the athletes who aspire to be the best at their sport for some greater reason to build a charity, to start a business, to transition into another career who handle retirement the best. Notice it's the millionaires who spent their life working towards a deeper cause that remain consistent once all of their goals are checked off their checklist. Oh, maybe that's why you hung up that sparkly thong and started this podcast. Yeah, no, for real. I know you're being a smartass, but it, that is true. That's exactly why. You yeah. Know? Now that everyone has seen your ass on stage, you're giving people the chance to see the mind behind the ass. <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's go with that. No, and, and hopefully that people listening learn that it's not just a nicely sculpted ass, all right? I mean, it is, but I think there's a good note to end this episode on. We all have more to offer than our bodies, so focus on who you are less on what you look like. Again, thanks everybody who submitted show topic ideas to us, so keep those coming. And if you like our podcast, I really hope that you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Even a one-star is good, but we're slowly getting them, but we need more so we can bring on cool guests and uh, keep these episodes coming. Sarah, what song will we be singing to conclude today's 
podcast episode. Well, I got to tell you, there's there's nothing more uh, goal oriented and striving for su- success than uh, "Eye of the Tiger" theme song to Rocky. Okay. Can't go wrong there. In fact, I always had this on my iPod playlist every year I competed on my cardio list. So I'm more than familiar with this one. The song of champions. Totally. Do you know who sang "Eye of the Tiger"? Uh, yes, I believe it was Survivor. Cool. Be sure to watch the video. It's brutal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember, these are always 80s songs we sing, so yeah. the videos will probably always be brutal, but in the best way possible. One, two, do it. Street. Did my time, oh, took my chances. <laughs> Went the distance, now I'm back on my feet. Just a man and his will to survive. So many times it happens too fast. You trade your passion for glory. Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight. Just to keep them alive. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. Rising up to the challenge of a rival. And the last known survivor stalks his prey in the night. And he's watching us all with the eye of the tiger. Nailed it. <laughs> that, that was actually one of our worst ones yet. We we, we need to practice these. I know, these. but I don't think we do. Is that really going to make it that bad? Yeah, does everyone love the songs? Please let us know. You can include that in your five-star review or one-star review. We'll still keep singing them, but you can let us know yeah. how much you hate them. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for us for this week, everybody. Hope everyone's killing it at the gym, killing it with those healthy meals. Again, remember, focus on... The eye of the tiger. (laughs) And learning, not the outcome. Peace out, everybody. Shorky sisters, until next week.